Welcome to Figuring Out How to Be at Home, the lockdown podcast brought to you by Katrina Price and Esther Swift, aka 12 Day. We are touring musicians and composers who currently find ourselves off the road for the longest time in our careers thus far. So, whilst pondering what we could do during lockdown, we decided to create a space for folks to share connections, strategies, inspirations or just funny tales of socially distanced cocktail parties or impassioned creative disasters. This also gives us an excuse to keep creating together at a social distance. Each episode, we'll hear from musicians from around the world on how they're dealing with all this time at home and what they're learning and creating along the way. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Figuring Out How to Be at Home. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Wanderlust episode last time. We loved making that episode and dreaming about all of our past and future travels after all of this time at home. And apologies because I had some mic issues. You've probably heard them. Um, uh, But this week, everything should be good as gold. Tip top. Tip top. I'd also like to just um, apologise in advance for any background noise you may hear. Uh, I'm currently on my holidays, so my recording environment is slightly different than usual. But you know, it might it might just bring up some nice surprises. It's quite charming. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a bit nicer than my background noises because the woodstock across the road has reopened. And there are loads of big vehicles coming in and out all the time. So you might hear just some some quite hefty lorries um, in the background from my end. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we met up last week, which was such a joy. We had a really nice tune together um, called Another Phase in History. And this was the first thing we've played together in seven months, which is the longest we've gone without playing together. And it was just so glorious, wasn't it, Katrina? It was so lovely. And also, we went to a restaurant and ate outside. That was extremely novel. We had beer out of glasses, made of it glass. Was great. It felt so normal. Everyone was doing it. episode we're going to be talking about COVID collabs. There have been many inspired and unusual collaborations appearing on the internet during lockdown. This period of social isolation has meant that musicians have had to reinvent how they play together and how they provide their audiences with entertainment when they need it, perhaps more than ever. Though nothing will ever replace playing together live, COVID-19 has proved that collaborations with musicians from all corners of the world are still possible through the wonders of technology. Today, we'll hear from three creative musicians on how they have used this situation to create new collaboration opportunities from their living rooms. What have they discovered in creating new collaborations online? What have they found challenging about the distance? Have they found comfort and inspiration in these new types of musical connections? Today, we will be hearing from American cellist Brian Wilson, founding member of the Kaleidoscope Orchestra, Rhiannon James, and Scottish fiddle player, Duncan Chisholm. Have you enjoyed any lockdown collaborations, Katrina? Well, I have done a few, but to be honest, not loads. And I've kind of resisted it a little bit, to be honest. I kind of made the conscious decision to use this time and this pause to focus on developing stuff for when we get to play live again. And I, I felt very much like the online content was content was well and truly taken care of. Everyone was, lo- well, loads of people were creating all this wonderful stuff online. And I guess I just never got an idea that I felt was worthy to contribute or saying something different than what I was seeing already. So therefore my collaborations that I've done have 
mainly been for personal slash behind the scenes purposes you know the stuff we've done together for example in 12th day we've been doing stuff for our patreons making online concerts the first gig that we did um we weren't able to be in the same room together yet so we had to do a very different 12th day gig and both do things separately sort of pass the baton back and forth and do solo pieces which was really nice actually because it meant that I found it lovely it gave me the opportunity to do things which I wouldn't normally do so not having you to play with and to provide an accompaniment for the melody I had to do that myself which is obviously a bit of a challenge when you're just a melody instrument so it gave me the opportunity to get my pedal board out to work with different loops and different effects and that's been something I've been wanting to explore for a while so that's been a really lovely a lovely opportunity little collaboration with my pedal board oh so <laughs> exciting yeah I also got to get out a piece that I played a few years ago um during my final recital which my uh, friend Duncan Strachan wrote and that was really nice. It was for solo violin and loop pedal. So that was another thing that was good to get out. And um, I, during this time when I couldn't play with Esther. Aside from that, I've done a couple of recordings. Recorded my string quartet piece for that competition that we mentioned last time. And that was really interesting and a really good learning curve. All the recording parts separately and it made me and on the one hand it was really useful just to kind of practice um making recordings I, on the other hand it made me so grateful for playing together um things like intonation tuning you know that is so hard when you're not together in a room and it's something that you kind of subconsciously are always adapting to the other players in the room and when they're in one ear it's just impossible to and you realize how much you actually like as a string player when you're or, or wind players as well when you're constantly having to adjust your tuning it makes you realize how much of that is done through feel through the mm. actual vibrations happening in the room rather than um, only through your ears so it was a it was a different challenge and it kind of you know you had to let go of things a bit more than usual because it just wasn't possible to get the the normal push and pull um, yeah. that that you would get in a live performance but yeah you have to get the resonance from each other you have to breathe together uh you have to articulate and enunciate together and there's so much you can do just from practical learning and sort of to make it academic um feels really there's like a disassociation mm -hmm. I think between the actual music making side of it which is quite intuitive and happens naturally when you're together yeah I think if nothing else it's given us a huge it's, it's shown us how much we get from being in the room together I agree yeah so what about you Esther what collaborations have you been doing well I've had quite a different experience to you Katrina I've been all go with the collaboration. <laughs> um, I've sort of embraced them, particularly at the start of lockdown. Um, I did a couple of harp collaborations, which are really fun. I'm working with harpists all around the world and some uh, a harpist in New Zealand called Anna Dunwoody, who set up this uh, thing for all the community of harpists, both in Scotland and in New Zealand. Uh, my friend Patrick Kenny, who we both know because we were at school with him, We've been working on a collaboration. He plays the trombone uh, and he's been building up effects on the trombone. Worked with Brian, who we'll be hearing from later today. Uh, and I suppose my most meaningful collaboration is with Leon, my partner, who um, was a real focus of my lockdown in terms of music making. He's a really amazing improviser and um, like intuitive musician. So I felt really lucky to have that. Um, but I think, like you, now that I've sort of done all of these collaborations and being a bit more selective about them, as you say, there's plenty out on the internet at the moment. Um, and actually, I went and did my first live gig this week. Uh, and that reminded me that, you know, you need to save yourself for live opportunities and live um, 
music making. Yeah, totally. But it was just amazing. That live gig just filled me with so much joy. Oh my gosh, I can't even describe to you. That was a collaboration between the audience and me because they were dancing. Um, it, it It was really beautiful. Loads of people got up to dance. I had a really, really good time. Good. Actually, remember we had that experience where we um, did a quick acapella video for a friend's birthday, happy birthday, with another couple of friends. And um, Esther and I realised that we <laughs> we sung happy birthday in exactly the same ridiculous, stupid way. And we like we just knew where the other person was going to go. And the other two people who were recording with were a bit like, what is going <laughs> Yeah, they looked a bit confused because we went a bit off-piste. We, like, we went say. for exactly the same, like, stupid high moment. Yeah, we did. In our happy birthday rendition. That was nice. Our first guest is fiddle player and composer Duncan Chisholm. Duncan's well-established musical career has taken him throughout the UK, Europe and the USA, both through his solo work and while playing with other musicians and bands. Duncan plays regularly with Gaelic singing sensation Julie Fowlis, his folk rock band Wolfstone, and is much sought after as a composer and accompanist. Both Katrina and I were Wolfstone mad as kids, and they were probably one of our very earliest band obsessions, and we actually only discovered that today. Um, that we were both obsessed with them from about the age of six. <laughs> During COVID-19, Duncan has started the very popular COVID Kaylee hashtag, encouraging people to record and post a tune or a song to help lift people's spirits. One of last episode's guests, Sue Lee, has featured in a few, our favourite of which we will link in the show notes. She may be difficult to recognise, but I'm sure you'll find her. With the onset of the global pandemic, my live work, as with everyone else, uh, was cancelled until further notice. So it's indeed been a very different and difficult time for musicians, for performers, venues, and I guess for audiences alike, people who love going to see live music. So back in March, I started off the hashtag Covid Kaylee. Um, it was basically a, a call to other musicians to post an acoustic track onto social media uh, whenever they could in order to bring people together through music to comfort and to reassure people who might be feeling isolated or vulnerable. The response was amazing and continues to grow with thousands of tracks being posted from all around the world and millions of views. Uh, It's really been a quite an incredible response. As a musician, it's for me, it's been a cathartic experience posting a tune every day and I guess a timely reminder of how important music is to all of us, what it can bring to our lives in terms of inspiration, um, solace, hope and companionship. Um, Collaborations have been an important part of Covid Kaylee. Playing together and communicating together is the very essence of what we do as musicians and thankfully the technology exists to allow us to do that, to collaborate very very easily on on mobile phones. Um, I use an app called Acapella in which you can record as many people as you want, really. Um, I've used it up to recording with nine people, um, although I usually record maybe with one other person. Uh, but it's meant for me that, as well as posting tunes every day, I'm able to post tunes with colour and harmony, which is wonderful. It's it's almost a, an art in itself, as, as Twitter will only allow you to Uh, post 140 seconds of film footage and so there's a good amount of thought having to go into each of the the posts and to the actual arrangement itself so that um, you're creating a shortened version of of something but still creating something that will move people so um, yeah that's that's been 
a really interesting side to the to the uh, the use of the technology and um to be able to communicate emotion is is why we took instruments up in the very first place and i found that communication helps people it's an escape having messages from uh, from care workers from people who have been bereaved people who are just plain scared and need the comfort of music the memories of brighter days past i guess help and also something to hold on to that that uh, lends hope for a brighter future in the last few weeks myself and donald shaw have released a track which we recorded last year with the clockwork sessions orchestra in glasgow it's called constellation and for me it's a reminder of a lovely day recording music when life was a lot simpler than it is now. It's a reminder of what, God willing, we will eventually return to. For me, it means hope.
thank you so much, Duncan. That was lovely. Such eloquent words and a beautiful track from Duncan and Donald Shaw there. I think that Duncan has done something so lovely here with the COVID Kaylee hashtag and it's been such a lovely demonstration in how social media can bring people together. While we don't have anywhere physical to go, it's nice that we have a digital room, if you like, that we can go into if we want to go and watch some people playing music together. And I think he's provided that in abundance. And like he said in his piece, it's just been amazingly popular. There have been so many views. There have been so many videos posted now under the hashtag. And I don't think we mentioned before, but the the um, video that we're sharing in the show notes, uh, the one with Sua in it, um, that was actually their 100th video. Wow. That was their 100th COVID Kaylee video. So it's been amazing. And he's been posting things every single day. It's such a it's such dedication it's as well. It's just lovely, isn't it? It's like such a generous thing to do to be so consistent like that. Um, and it's, it's really for the right reasons, as you say. It's like using social mm-hmm. media for the right reasons to really bring people together um, and bring people joy and comfort and fun Kaylee vibes um yeah it's it's very lovely to see that and just to see people really embracing it and being a bit mad uh, and having a right laugh which is what a Kaylee's all about eh yeah totally that's something that social media can be used for in a really positive way is making a structure for yourself and and sort of giving yourself deadlines if you like and I think that's been something that's been so tricky during this time because we've sort of got this blank page to work Mm. on because we're not able to do our normal jobs so I I found that as well I've I've been uh, trying to just do tiny little Instagram story videos of something that I've been working on that day just like a 30 second or a minute little clip Um, and I, I found it quite a useful tool in just to post things without thinking them thinking about them too yeah. much just to kind of let go and just give people a little bit of music and not to worry too much about whether it's perfect mm. or not because I think that's something as well that like social media can kind of encourage you to curate yourself a bit Absolutely. too much and like when we when we do a live gig we never worry about you know what it sounds like yeah. in the moment because you're just you have no choice but to just do it yeah. in the moment so uh, I've been trying to use it to sort of work yeah, on that that's such a good point about about social media having this sort of surface level perfection um i think that that's a real danger of it and i think just to show process and to show personality and yourself with all your flaws requires a lot of strength at the moment on social media and it's far more engaging to me anyway i mean i'm not sure about generation x but <laughs> for novice social media users like me um I really enjoy seeing people being a bit silly and a bit weird and like just sharing real things on social media is what engages me um, sharing like real yeah. insights into how they are or you know like special things that have meant something to me and in fact I think that my favorite thing is to see like kind of like sometimes quite rubbish photos of old grannies or you know like family members just clearly having a really nice time together i really like this my little soft spot of social media that's so nice yeah like i think my rule for social media is either do use it for work or fun stuff Mm. like i'm i'm not a fan of the mass like each to their own you know if it works for you that that's great but personally i'm not a huge fan of sharing loads of stuff about your personal life because i just think that there's that's for big chats in the pub and we don't want to replace big chats in the pub and I think that's so important you know to for there to be a distinction it's a very good point I think um you know there's so many things that can be taken out of context and you know like loads of nuance that's just entirely missed in social media um photos or statements personal statements um rants facebook rants are really just notoriously annoying 
Our second guest is violist and orchestral manager of the Kaleidoscope Orchestra, Rhiannon James. The Kaleidoscope Orchestra is a 21st century orchestra whose aim is to mix up genres of music and challenge perceptions about classical music and classical musicians. Kaleidoscope have gained a huge following on social media and have performed at several festivals, including Creamfields and Impact Festival in Germany. Rhiannon is an old friend of mine and we played in a quartet together back in college. I now also sometimes play with her in the Kaleidoscope Orchestra, which is such a fun gig. Simi from last week's episode is also in the orchestra. She leads the orchestra and she's always, as well as being a fantastic leader, she's also very good at leading the dancing because it's a very dancey orchestra, which is really fun. Um, Rhiannon is a highly organised individual. I have always admired her for that and she used to put up with me frequently arriving at the station two minutes before the train left on our way to gigs. So thank you, Rhiannon, and well done. <laughs> After Rhiannon's chat, we'll hear Kaleidoscope Orchestra's arrangement of the classic 90s rave track by Entrance, Set You Free. This was one of my favourites back in the day, so hope you enjoy it. Hello, guys. Um, thank you very much for asking me to speak a little bit about Kaleidoscope and what we've been doing whilst we've been at home for all of this time. And the answer, in short, is lots. We've been <laughs> we've been really busy, um, which has been great, uh, and I'm definitely not complaining about it in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, as as things have gone on, it's actually not been anywhere near as bad as. I first thought it was going to be so that's the positive side of things um but yeah just as a little sort of bit of a back background check on uh, on kaleidoscope and what what we do um we've been together since 2011 um and we started very much as a collaborative kind of project it was thought up by um two friends of mine Dave and Steve. Steve I still work with now um, and Dave went off to work for the government or something. I don't know what he does. We are convinced that he's a spy. Um, but yeah Steve and Dave uh, thought up the whole concept of Kaleidoscope. Um, being an orchestra that doesn't necessarily do orchestra-y things they wanted to take the orchestra format and push it in newer directions, playing music that orchestras maybe don't typically perform or didn't typically perform in places that they didn't typically perform. Um, and very early on, it kind of became just a bit of a pet project of, of a lot of us that we were all still, still students at the time. Um, so it was just something that we did for fun and we'd meet up and do some little recordings and, and whatnot and bung them on YouTube, which has been our saving grace through this time. I think that's been the one thing that we've been so grateful that we invested time in before, before all of this year happened. We're by no means like social media influencer type level stars in any way shape or form but we do have a presence online and a following online which I think stood us in really good stead um when it when it came to uh lockdown happening and suddenly live performance was a no-go for the foreseeable um so yeah we've kind of invested a lot of our time since then in in our youtube channel so i mean the the really great thing for us has been that normally we would have to book in recording sessions and and things like that really far in advance uh because all of our musicians we're all freelance musicians i play in the orchestra steve plays in the orchestra we we do everything in-house we all 
do other things as well work with other groups we have teachers we have you know loads of people doing lots of different things I guess the luxury of everyone suddenly having no work was that we could just call upon them and be like hey can you do a recording in the next day or two and they'd be like well fine yeah (laughs) what else am I doing um so yeah it's been it's kind of been amazing in in that respect um I guess when it all started and kicked off we were suddenly thinking oh we're not going to be able to play with each other for ages like that's it um so I think when Steve suggested that um it just felt like it it would be stupid not to um while we're all sat twiddling our thumbs so yeah we did uh did our first lockdown session way back when whenever that was like very beginning of april i think that came back came out on our release on our youtube channel um and we did don't you worry child swedish house mafia all of the players involved really enjoyed having having a little project to work on and i think since then loads of people have obviously been getting on that bandwagon i'm not saying that we were the first by any by any means but we were definitely up there we i think there were only a couple of orchestras that got something together before uh before us and we just kept doing it we our second one was uh, a version of entrance set you free which is my personal favorite and it got picked up and uh steve did an interview on bbc breakfast which was fab and obviously amazing um um, and we've seen our following online sort of gradually go up and up and up. Um, and coming out of all that, we've had some work, which was not not something that we thought was going to happen. Um, but yeah, we've, we've managed to do some paid uh, collaborative work and recording work um, for... Co- couple of different people actually well a few i mean our youtube channel is kind of where a lot of people have found us um and then we've gotten gigs out of that people have been coming to us and asking us um to put together videos or audio recordings or um we've done some like promotional um type projects as well with different singers and different djs and producers maybe there are slightly less costs involved uh with dealing with just us because we can do it all in-house well i say we steve um steve is the sort of musical director i do all the sort of player bookings and admin side of things um and steve also can do all of the audio mixing and video editing and that kind of thing although i am learning how to video edit we've definitely been using it to our advantage anyway um, and it's really offered some sort of sense of normality just to be back in person. It's going to be amazing, even in a socially distanced way, which is going to be bizarre, but we'll, we'll bring the party, I'm sure. It's going to be going to be good fun.
so fun. They're just such good vibes, aren't they? It takes me back to my early days of enjoying pop music. So cool. I love that song. It's so great that Rhiannon and the Kaleidoscope Orchestra have taken this opportunity uh, and used it to their advantage to gather more followers and use social media. And they were able to uh, identify that they needed to feed their live audience with online stuff really early. So they kind of got on that um, train at the start, right at the start of lockdown. They were among the first, as Rhiannon said. So very impressive. They're awesome. Uh, can I just say as well, I love it how they just embrace the sexy sax and that truck. Oh, isn't it great? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's so good. I think I remember so that great. that song being on a tape that I wore out when I was a very young child called Now Dance 95. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> tell you what, that was a, an amazing album. Um, yeah, I think it's really inspiring how Rhiannon and Steve have really used this time and run with it and used it as a real positive, really. They've really managed to gain their already substantial um to build their already substantial social media following and really use the time to get some amazing press like on BBC Breakfast and stuff like that it's so great and it's so great for classical music isn't it because actually I mean well it's not classical music but orchestration of pop songs um in a full with a full orchestra it's so cool that she they're merging the two and they've carved out this niche for themselves that i think is really exciting and really innovative actually it's so fun the gig that i did with them uh last year i think it was was in liverpool cathedral if anyone's ever been if anyone hasn't seen it it's i could not believe how enormous it is it's such a massive building um, near the center of liverpool and it they basically took out all of the the stuff in the nave and just it just became a dance venue for two nights cool. it was so, so fun. fun and it was really sweet as well because the provost of the cathedral came on at the start of the um of the gig and welcomed everybody like this is that's great welcome you know this is your building it's for the people of liverpool and why not make it into a dance venue for the night it's such a good use of the space um, and that was one of the, the cream nights that they do and it was just so much fun um, yeah I think this is something that you and I have been trying to do as well Esther during this time is see how we can use the pause in gigging to think about the stuff that we have always been meaning to think about more but have never had time to because we're all always too busy running around yeah, I've actually really enjoyed, I mean, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, just the chance to focus on the admin. I feel like we're building all of that stuff, the infrastructure of the band, which then we can just sort of leave to rest after lockdown totally. is finished and go back to really focusing on the music. So we're sort of like earning points at this moment, yeah. doing all the admin side of it. And I just feel like it's going to feed right back into the live stuff. Like the more work we do now, the easier it'll be to focus on the music side of things when we come out. Yeah, so exactly. It'll be great. There's that difficult um, struggle happening at the moment because obviously performing artists are desperate to go back to work in some capacity. But at the same time, there's that fear um, of, you know, we don't want to endanger anyone. We want to be really responsible with how we go about doing that and that's like I suppose the, the thing on everyone's mind uh, the forefront of what's on everyone's mind is how to do this responsibly whilst at the same time facilitating art and live art because it's just so important and if we're not careful then it's gonna um, be really difficult to go back to I think. Yeah, I think it's such a dilemma for people at the moment, not only for people in the performing arts, but everyone, like even, you know, getting to see your family again. Obviously, this is something that we've all been sort of craving for so long. But at the same time, you always have to have in the back of your mind the safety aspect. Am I allowed to hug them or not? Or That's really hard. 
It is. And it's, I mean, you're never going to be able to please everyone. And I mean, mm. the guidelines are a little bit unclear, let's be honest, uh, up to interpretation. But I think it's about respecting what everyone else wants uh, and yeah. doing what you feel Definitely. is right for you under the circumstances. Our final guest is American cellist Brian Wilson. Brian is a cellist, composer, educator and author from Bergen County, New Jersey. As an innovative studio cellist and composer of film, media and concert music, he bridges the gap between multiple genres. Brian has released three solo albums, which combine his classical upbringing with his love for hip-hop beats, ambient music and synthesizers. I met Brian on residency in Vietnam last year in June, where he had lived for many years. I absolutely love his bold and organic improvisation and beautiful sound, and it was such a joy collaborating with him. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Charles Wilson. Uh, I'm a cellist and composer. Um, right now, my daughter is sleeping. She's two and a half, so I have literally five minutes to do this before she wakes up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the pandemic, it's been interesting because I have collaborated with a lot of people. Uh, I used to live in Vietnam last year with my wife and my daughter. My wife is Vietnamese. And uh, actually, I met Esther while we were in Vietnam doing a residency together. Um, so a lot of the musicians that I've done collaborations with are from Vietnam. Um, and the first guy who was interested in doing a collaboration, his name's Duan, um, and uh, we met at a different residency. He plays the Nguyen, which is a, a kind of like a Vietnamese banjo-ish instrument. And we kind of just traded back and forth, and it was fun. It was, you know, it gives me something to do rather than, you know, just go nuts because, you know, there's no, no gigs to play, and uh, it's just daddy daycare, you know, having a two-year-old running around the house all day and trying to clean and cook and all that stuff, and it's, it's a lot. But um, I've been having a lot of fun being able to do these collaborations because, one, I'm not a, I don't like going out anyway. You know, I could be in my studio all day. That's cool with me. I'm fine with that. That being said, though, even me, who's a pretty misanthropic guy sometimes and likes just being inside, after a number of months of this, it, it really did actually start to get to me. Um, so one of them, one piece that I did with a uh, this woman, Ngo Chami, and she's she's an amazing uh, Danbo player, which is this, another Vietnamese instrument that's called it's like a mono chord where it's got one string and it's got this crazy bendy really interesting soulful sound i play it a very very little bit um but she improvised something and then i did something back for it um and it was it came out way darker than i was intending it to be a lot of the other ones that i've been doing much more peaceful you know just like calming this one to me like I don't know it touched on some sort of it was it was a number of months into it and it was like the US was just hitting 100,000 dead uh, and it was just starting uh, subconsciously starting to get to me um, so that one kind of came out it was still good I, I really enjoyed it and she did a great job but you know you just been trying to, you know, you try to get through it. And also the U.S. is in turmoil right now in terms of race relations and freaking absolute idiot as a president. Um, so it, it's hard to, to navigate all that stuff and still try to be relevant to yourself. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just put out stuff that's like, I feel like it's pandering, you know, to, to the audience. Like, uh, you know, I feel like everyone else feels like this, so I should feel like this too. Well, you know, I, I still want to be authentic to actually how I feel rather than just trying to win points with people. Um, 
I haven't had much work really. I did, uh, you know, I have some students online, but not a ton. I did take one gig though, in <laughs> at a Hasidic Jewish wedding, which was so stupid, and it wasn't enough money for me to to make to make it worthwhile. And I was scared. First of all, they don't care about the they don't care about COVID, and they have high elevated levels of it too. It, there was no way this was legal either. This was in Borough Park in New Brooklyn, uh, where they're, you know, it's like highly concentrated Hasidic population. This was in an underground venue. No way it was was it legal to actually have a a gather, gathering of this size yet. I just stayed on that stage with my mask on, didn't take my mask on the entire time. It's it's nerve-wracking, man. It's really nerve-wracking. You know, hand sanitizer the whole time. It's, uh, and I used to play in the subways in New York City. This was almost, as, this was more nerve-wracking than that. Um, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's a crazy time, but who knows? Uh, hopefully, I, I really don't know where it's going, man. I, I didn't, you just, I got into music because it made me feel good. You know, it gave me a a, ref, a, a refuge for myself. And that's the way I think it's it's never been easy. And I don't think it's ever going to be easy. But at the end of the day, that's just what I do.
that was the aforementioned collaboration that Brian did uh, called Ngotra, which translates as distant. I loved what Brian said about the mood of the time seeping subconsciously into the music that he's creating, um, especially in the track that you just heard, um, coming out much darker than he first anticipated. I think this is such an interesting thing that we've we've mentioned before on the podcast, actually, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, I think um, there's been a lot of emphasis on upbeat uh, music to contrast with everyone's sort of difficult time during lockdown. But this is a really nice response to the darker side of lockdown and uh, a genuine expression of, of how things have been. And that's what creativity should be. It should be things that are perhaps otherwise difficult to express coming out uh, in your art. And so, yeah, like a really nice um, example of that. Yeah, it's really nice. I think a, a lot of the time people uh, sort of feel the pressure to stay cheery and and stay upbeat. And obviously that's so important and so necessary. But also, it's also important not to hide away the darker mm. sides because it has been a really weird time uh, for everyone. And lots of everyone I've spoken to has described it as a roller coaster of emotions lots of ups and downs yeah. you think you're doing grand and then out of the blue you'll have a day where it's just everything feels a bit hopeless yeah. and it's a process isn't it it's part of um processing what's been happening to us i think um definitely to access those darker parts of ourselves because people have been having loads of dark dreams haven't they um, mm. because maybe they need to process what's going on and they haven't been able to in their kind of boring everyday lives at home, so. You just reminded me of a dream I had the other day, I Tell me about it. Um, it was, you were in it, obviously. Oh, you were in all my oh, dreams, baby. Shucks. <laughs> we were playing in, I think it was the Glasgow Concert Hall. It was a fairly big room and we were meant to be playing in it. Um, but we weren't able to both play on the same, like on the stage, even though we, we were allowed to be in the same room. I had to stand at the very back of the room while you stood on the stage. Aww. And it was so difficult and really frustrating. And I think it was kind of maybe reflecting the time that we're in at the moment where we're allowed to be together a bit, but not do things totally normally yeah. yet. I've been having dreams about people coming to my house and really not liking it because they've not seen it for ages. <laughs> I've also been having like loads of dreams about just general social interactions where um, people haven't liked me or, you know, I've done something bad or I've not been aware of it because I think, you know, just that buildup of not having a regular social outlet has been something that I've, yeah, not been able to really process. Yeah, suddenly socialising seems like a big old deal. Yeah, and it's a hard one to navigate because obviously, well, your instinct is to hang out with everyone, but it also feels really weird doing that um, sometimes. Sometimes you just need to give yourself permission to go home again and it's just like gradually um, going to get easier, I think, isn't it? I heard a really funny thing yeah. on the MASH report. I don't know if you watched that, but um, there was this uh, Italian who was on and he was talking about after folk came out of lockdown in Italy and he was like, well, you know, people have just really been uh, trying to process what's happened. So they've been staying indoors, you know, spending a lot of time at home. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. Oh, God. Um, the other day I had one of my reoccurring dreams, um, which I think every performer has um, about sort of not being prepared for a concert. I sort of have them periodically and I haven't had it all through lockdown and I had it the other day and I saw it as a good sign. Mm, your body's preparing. It's like, it's coming back. Yeah. My favourite, my favourite one of those dreams I've ever had was I was um, playing a Mozart concerto and I hadn't practised it since like for about five years and I had to stand up and just play it immediately without the music in front of an orchestra of people that I knew 
That was the ultimate. And then, and then it was just, I was like fumbling my way through it and it was just like sweat dripping off me. And then for some reason there was a, an interval in the middle of the piece. So I went off stage and, and was just like, oh my God, it's so awful. And um, my friend Ian Anderson, the viola player, was in the orchestra. And I, in the dream, I said to Ian, oh, Ian, do you reckon it'd be okay if I just um, popped a fiddle tune in the middle of the cadenza? <laughs> <laughs> just trying to cut any corners possible. Amazing. Um, no, you should do that. But Ian said, well, yeah, but Ian said no. Yeah, classic. So I then had to, um, had to classic dream. I mean, not classic. Classic Ian. Ian. <laughs> I think Ian would be pretty down with a fiddle tune and a cadenza. I think he would. But um, yeah, had to go back on and uh, ho- keep hobbling my way through, um, and all the audience started leaving. Half the orchestra had left as oh, well. Cat. But that's horrible. But my dear father was proud anyway he was well of course sat there clapping away proud as anything so that was nice at least everyone needs a neil price in their lives <laughs> um brian mentions his daughter who i met in vietnam as well vietnam vietnam uh, who is very very cute but i mean that's a whole nother thing if you're a musician out there who has a kid or who has more than one kid at home like um, I mean, juggling that alongside your anxiety about your job and your future and trying to keep your chops up at the same time as well. Um, I mean, Brian's quite uh, open about the fact that he sees it as like light relief from childcare, his musical outlet um, and a way to keep his, his brain occupied. Um, so I think it's really great that he had the outlet, but what a challenge to navigate that, yeah. um, that time management. The other thing that I loved uh, about, well, I love Brian's piece. Um, I think, I mean, you should check out all of his collaborations. He's done a whole bunch, a lot of them with Vietnamese musicians. Uh, who I know quite a few of the people that he's worked with. Um, and yeah, he's, he's added quite a lot of nice special effects and really utilised uh, like the distance thing and quite a lot of them have a mournful like melancholic um sort of overtone to them uh, which i think is really nice because it accentuates this distance um but it also links these two places on opposite sides of the world together um and he does that using like a lot of doubling in his cello and also a lot of special effects uh, and i think this is a really effective collaboration he also makes like nice videos to go with his collaborations and they're they're quite short and sweet so i collaborated with brian um on a track on one uh tune that i wrote and uh yeah it was quite free time and it was quite kind of quickly put together which i really enjoyed it was just really responsive uh, organic improvised uh, feel to it um, where, he, where Brian sort of did a counter melody to go with the tune and it felt really in keeping with the tune and it gave it a new twist uh, and it gave it a new sense of perspective uh, so yeah really um, impressed with Brian on his collaborations I have to say. Brian's Covid collabs have been a really nice example of how someone's used the time to perhaps develop a a type of collaboration that they've already been doing and it's given them the time and space to do it more also one of the positives about this time is that people are available like Rhiannon mentioned people are available to do stuff which is really nice so you might get to do more collaborations than than normal there's always the compromise you're not getting the benefit of being in the room with somebody but making connections is just such a gift that we've been given by the internet and thank god this didn't happen when there was no internet <laughs> because we would have all been climbing it did, up the walls but it was you know a different time in history yeah. <laughs> the plague <laughs> happened oh god the spanish flu that's
so that's it for another week from us and our three amazing guests thank you so much everyone for tuning in again and for supporting us uh, through this time if you'd like to support the podcast and all of our work as 12th day please check out our patreon page the podcast takes a lot of time to put together and we release it for free which we're delighted to do but if you're a regular listener please do consider becoming a patron it will really help us out yeah for the price of a packet of toilet roll or a bag of pasta those extremely sought after items you'll be helping us to sustain a living while we can't work in the way that we normally do Um, and also you will be invited to all of our online events that we do for our patreons the next of which is on the 7th of august and it's going to be our first full concert together in since january however long that was so we'd love to see you to join up just visit patreon.com forward slash 12th day and we'll put the link down below as well we've got written here join us and together we will rule the galaxy so all the star wars nerds out there (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be great hey i was thinking about the um terminology that is a bit of a challenge at the moment because if you say we're going to do our first live gig people think it's like a live stream and they also oh my think god it's, yeah i was thinking quite that unclear. too yeah it's quite unclear so we'll have to work out how to best frame frame our uh, live gigs <laughs> that to are going to be on the internet absolutely to be clear then this one is going to be on zoom but we will we be together it. we will be together which will be so nice um we did it we did one before as we mentioned and it was so lovely to see the audience all on the zoom call i think it, we really loved that and uh, it was just a really nice engaging engagement with the audience and we also had a wee chat a little q a after we finished playing so please do really join nice. us we also hosted our first listening party last week which that was, was so, nice. so lovely we just absolutely adore nerding out on amazing music and amazing albums uh, so that's another thing to look forward to we'd love to hear your contributions to our uh, our gabbing on about music <laughs> it was so nice it's basically an excuse for us to get nerdy about bjork yeah and we had some really lovely contributions from our patrons on there um, which we really valued and um just made me think in a different way about <clears throat> certain things so hope to see you there next month so do go back through our previous episodes we have five other episodes they are all about different subjects and if you'd like to send us a message we'd love to hear from you you can email us on info at 12thdaymusic.com or find us on our socials instagram under at 12thdaymusic or twitter and facebook under at 12thday and if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of figuring out how to be at home you can rate review and subscribe uh, to our podcast it comes out every two weeks and you'll be the first to hear when the next episode drops but you'll also be helping other people know about us too see you next see time you next time thanks so much friends <laughs> bye 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 bye